Sveiki, jūs įsijungite debiutinę ADC Lietuvą tinklalaidę ADC Talks. Aš esu Rimantas Taniavičius, būsiu atatinis šitos tinklalaidės kalbintojas. Kvailais ir nebūtinai klausimai skankinsiu savo pašnekovus ir kartu su jais bandysiu išpakuoti reklamą, dizainą ir kitokį kūrybiškumą. Pradėsime nuo ADC Europe festivalio laimėtojų, kuriuos apžvelgti padės žinomiausias Lietuvos peru vietis, reklamos mokyklos Atomic Garden dekanas, Bechtlen Milzerai CEO, klandestinos įkūrėjas reklamos kūrėjas, senas mano bičiulis ir šių metų ADC Lietuva padėjėjas Antonio Bechtle. Dėl paskutiniųjų Antonio pareigūnė išvengiamai kalbėsime ir apie artėjantį šių metų ADC LT festivalį, jo komisiją ir taisyklės. Nors Antonio Lietuvoje jau kokie 15 metų, lietuviai dar neišmoko ispaniškai, todėl kalbėsime angliškai. Hi there, how's it going? Eh, hey, good, I can't complain. It's been well. Have you seen the winners of ADC Europe? Well, I made you. Uh, yes, check them out, you, so. <laughs> you obliged me. Well, I, I saw them twice, actually. I, I saw your your uh, article, uh, and so I saw the ones that you selected. I'm blushing now, you know, uh, nobody can see that, but yeah. Yeah, in Lithuanian, I read it in Lithuanian, so I didn't understand it. But I saw the, <laughs> I saw, no, I, I actually did. Uh, Google Translate, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then yesterday, because I knew that you were going to ask difficult questions today. So, yes. Yeah, very difficult ones. For example, what's your general impression? Ooh, it's, you, you know that I knew you were going to ask me this, <clears throat> and no matter how much I knew it, it's such a complex question, because I can tell you, my first impression was, uh, as I told you, I saw it twice, and today in the morning it was difficult for me to remember most of them. So my first impression, the age, the age. Yeah, also <laughs> may, maybe, I don't know, maybe I have been for too long in advertising, but uh, I don't find uh, I don't find too much memorability on them. Uh, there are some that are good, of course, but you know, I I don't I I missed I miss the concepts. I miss the where is the next? Just do it. <laughs> where is where is the concept here? I just see. Actions that, of course, for us uh, advertisers, maybe we will retain them for a bit longer. But I don't know if the people who actually live this as consumers will will retain it in their minds for longer than a very good, you know, Nike ad or, or uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel I feel like that. So you're nostalgic for stories and, and big brand yeah, storytelling. I, I, I think that, well, I don't know if jumping already to that topic, but <laughs> I think that the, that the trend, there is there are several trends here that I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about them. But one of the trends that I noticed is that traditional is bad, no, and uh, you shouldn't do it. I think that it's not that it's bad to do the new media and the new... Um, new products or PR, that's great. But I think that you should also do the traditional ad and the good ones. Uh, but I feel that that the brands forget about that, maybe because the awards are not going in that way. And they think that it's enough just to to do an action without holding it with a good concept. I, I have that feeling. So that's why it's so difficult for me to to remember the, the actions. Really? Like top three or whatever, the most memorable three or the most liked mm-hmm. or disliked three, but no, for me, for me, well, uh, having said this, I think that uh, the tampon book is a great uh, idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Grand Prix for, for those who haven't seen them. Yes, you should probably check uh, the ads out at uh, adceurope.org. You have all the winners with all the credentials and. Mm-hmm. So that for me is a great idea, mainly because it worked. You see, I have some doubts in details, no, you know, but uh, but it worked. Uh, I feel it like uh, it's an action that was made specifically for being able to do a stronger PR, and and that's it. Well, that's how. It, but it's very effective, so worked. But then. When I see the rest, there are some that call my attention because, uh, yeah, it's a very nice idea, but I don't know if it really takes you somewhere, no? Uh, for example, uh, you know, the, the Agnosis Collection, okay, the Alzheimer. 
I have this, I mean, yeah, it's a nice idea, but, I, well, okay, I have to explain you something that, that makes me not not be too keen of um, social ads. Okay, that's, that's a topic we're going to touch upon, I guess. Yeah. But. Yes. Well, I, I can explain you why, because I think that here in Lithuania, well, I don't know if in other countries it's, it's like here, but at least how it was in Peru, absolutely everything is for free when you do a social ad. The agency charged nothing. The production house charged nothing. I remember we did an ad for the Children's uh, Cancer Foundation in Peru, and we called uh, the agent of Sainido Connor for one of her songs and told her it's for a pro bono, uh, pro bono for real, no? um, ad, and, and they, she gave it for free because it's a goodwill cause. So seems that everything is for free. So when you see actions for you know for goodwill and social and you know that most likely that's the way it was then you are spending more money sending it to the wars than actually making it well, uh, for example the campaign that you've mentioned for mm -hmm. the yes agnosia campaign mm -hmm. they actually had a very interesting mechanics of a campaign mm -hmm. where you pick up the postcard then you can actually donate the money mm -hmm. right away at the checkout yeah. so it it kind of made sense for me and yeah, I mean, it. I, I'm not saying that the that the idea doesn't make sense. The idea is good. That's why I'm pointing it out. But I have this thing with the social ads that takes it a bit down for for just. I think that it's just for some uh, some uh, deep memories. Though that a social ad is always not as difficult to do as a real client ad. Uh, I I have that feeling because of my experience in Peru. But when I came to Lithuania, things were different. I mean, a social ad, nobody wants to do it for free. Nobody has time. People charge. <laughs> no, <laughs> and maybe less, but still. And for me, it was a, a shock. No, uh, I remember the first social ad I did was a long time ago, and I brought my friend, uh, Ricardo Maldonado from Peru, the director. And uh, he didn't charge. And then he found out that everybody was charging but him. <laughs> so it was like, what happens here, no? Uh, it was a shock for him too. No? So yeah, I mean, uh, that's uh, that's for me the, the 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 problem, and also the client is the client will accept whatever you give them because it's for free. No? Well, speaking of the client, by the way, because mm -hmm. there are different social ads. You can yep. see social ads where the client is actually an NGO, mm -hmm. some yeah. organization that is trying to raise money for Alzheimer's, for example. Mm -hmm. And you also have brands that are pretending mm -hmm. to do something social, being purposeful mm -hmm. what do you think about that because you know when you scroll down the the page mm -hmm. of the winners almost 90 percent of them uh, if not more yeah. look like social ads and you mm -hmm. you look so okay what who's the client behind that mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not an ngo because this is not a social mm -hmm. advertising festival this is just a yeah. regular advertising festival uh so what do you think about brands being social well, I'm I'm not surprised because being social is the cheapest way of being human, no. Uh, but deep inside, it's not really human. Uh, I will explain you a little bit this. Um, well, you know it because because we were together. But human advertising is when you talk about the people and you uh, you focus on the people, but on your target, not just people. I mean, on your target. While uh, the artful advertising is when you focus on your product on yourself, on your brand. No, I am amazing. I have a new formula, etc., etc. So uh, this looks like human because, oh, I'm helping people. Yeah, but you are not helping necessarily the target. You are helping a very small group of your target and you are using that to communicate the rest of the target, that is a big majority, that, look, I help people, so I'm human. No, you are just saying how good you are. You are actually being artful. <laughs> you see, so that's my problem. That uh, well, the idea of publicis uh, Italy, no, for diesel, the side bees. Mm -hmm. That is a nice idea. I think it's a nice idea. It, I think it works. Uh, it's not saving people. I mean, yeah, they may save people, but it's a clever way to turn the things around. This um, is more human, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really letting them 
do whatever they want. I give you my brand, do whatever you want. But I guess you're also product. being em- empathetic with yeah. the simple people who are not big on YouTube. Exactly. They don't have millions of followers. They're not influencers. Mm-hmm. And now you're giving them the spotlight. I said, look, look, you can be better off than the influencer. Ex- so. Exactly, exactly. But as, as I told you, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that campaign for me, it works, it's nice. Uh, but I miss... You know, for example, I, I think I have a good example. Tropicana, or the Arctic Sun. Okay? Okay. okay. Yes, they helped just... A, not even help. They just did a, an action in one tiny little village in the north. But what they, what they came up with, with a very nice video that they put everywhere and that they had a concept that says, because we think that bright, brighter mornings... Uh, how it was, uh, make uh, for brighter days. And that, for me, that concept helps me as a human being, touches me, and I can make my life a bit better because I feel a little bit inspired with it. I think that's much better than just helping a little group of people in some uh, part of Lisbon and saying, uh, look how good I am, I'm helping, eh? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're not giving anything to me. I mean, you're just helping them and saying, look how good I am. That's, for me, the big difference. And with the, the side bits of diesel, for example, yeah, I think that they are letting people, whoever wants, just come in, do it if you need it, and uh, we all win. Yeah, it's, it's, it's we all win. It's inclusive. But you diesel see? is engaging in, yeah, in yeah. storytelling. It's it, it has a history of being rebellious, you know, from be be stupid mm-hmm. to go with the flaw and, yeah, and so yeah, on yeah, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. So they they're just being rebellious and do the basically the zagging, doing the zagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I love it. I I love this campaign of the how it was to keep the tag, uh, that I give it back. That you you buy the clothes and then you use it and give it back. Crap, I, I didn't know that. Okay. That's an amazing campaign. I, I, I expected <laughs> to, to find it here. Uh, and uh, yeah, because there is a problem that people tend to buy the clothes, use it, be careful with it, and then they give it back the, the next day to get the money back. And they already use it, and that's it. So Diesel, instead of going against, they made a whole campaign to, uh, to uh, encourage people to do that. <laughs> and uh, so, and the the tag was out. Show it, no. So it's kind of advertising for them, anywhere, anyways. And uh, it's super cool. I mean, they they go in the other side, in the other way. No? But they're actually using the the weaknesses. That's interesting because here mm-hmm. they they went with uh, the insults with the other campaign. I didn't yeah. really like it that much. I liked the. Mm. It's actually older. The be the follower campaign is older than mm-hmm. than this uh, faggot. I, I wonder when when it appeared the the second one. Yeah, I guess it's it's because the that's second a, one that's is a bit fresher. <laughs> I will re- I will reveal uh, something something funny, but uh, that's a, that's a, that idea is an episode of Emily in Paris. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this one, uh, there is the same solution. That this one, you, when you do something like that, because you're pointing at the screen ah, yeah, on your sorry, computer, so yes. you need to explain to the listeners. Yeah, so. Sorry, the hate couture. Yeah, the, the hate couture idea. Yeah, check check that out. It's it's a funny idea. How well, I I didn't really like it that much because I thought that you can you can put on mm-hmm. uh, something with a hate comment on yeah. your T-shirt, for example, mm-hmm. saying "fat" if you're uh, a model. That's yeah. fine, right? or a cunt mm. or whatever insulting names that uh, people might give you. But if you're actually owe the weight or if you're actually something, you wouldn't be doing that. So anyway, it, it works for... It depends. It depends. I mean, I think uh, that well, you you will have... You know what's the problem? I think you will have to have the confidence uh, of a no, no overweight person being overweight exact, to do that, exact. which is very, very difficult. Uh, but yeah. to, uh-huh. just to say the, some nice words about Diesel and how consistent they are. Mm. I remember this. Uh, one of my favorite campaigns from from Diesel was this Diesel, the, yeah, the fake. That was that beautiful. <laughs> uh, and I think it was was it also only the label is uh, fake. The yeah. jeans are original. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, was it also from uh, Publicis Italy? Uh, I don't remember. I, no, no, they, no. they are doing a great job. Uh, the uh, yes is is. Is it real? This other ad I told you the to keep the tag to give it back. Uh, I don't remember the exact name. Uh, also, it's from Pulsis Italy. All of these ones, no. It was so Diesel is being very consistent, and yeah. I actually liked it because 
it kind of touched upon something social, this mm-hmm. uh, social trend of, you know, be, uh, idealizing yeah. the influencers. But on the other hand, it was kind of human for me. So I, I, I like these yeah. in that regard. I still, I mean, when I see these, uh, these actions, uh, yes, when you're consistent with your actions and you are, you are doing things in that way, then I kind of don't miss, don't miss a written concept because it's, kind, it's clear. But I don't see it clear. Other brands will need to do that so that I can say, yeah, this is this is a classic action of this brand. And I feel that the agencies are not building that. Because Diesel built it. I mean, remember the Be Stupid. It was totally traditional and, uh, well, it was old, no? But, uh, but then they kept building and building the brand so now they don't need to say anything. Everybody understands the spirit of the brand. But I see here... Uh, and this this is another topic. I don't really see, apart from diesel, is these big brands around. No, uh, I'm missing them. I, I think I see these uh, NGOs everywhere and uh, some small brands acting as NGOs. Uh, but so I I don't know if they are having a consistent campaign that is making them have a a, 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 a strong concept in the minds of the consumers. No? Yeah, no, I loved the uh, campaign from this water brand from uh, Finland. Uh, In they, between. They, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, they kind of have a, a bigger purpose there. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. people consume too too much alcohol and they should at least uh, hydrate themselves in between the doses mm-hmm. of alcohol. <clears throat> so there is a social angle to it, but mm-hmm. the, the way they did it, for me, is just pure genius. Yeah, I mean, that is a very, very good action. But again, what is... What is the brand standing for? Yeah, it's good, great, do it, brilliant. But what's the next step? I mean, following what you're going to take your next step. I think that that's my that's my worry. When I see when I see these actions, I I I don't know if this step goes along with what they have been saying. But I don't find what they are saying anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what's the next step. So for them, I think that, yeah, this is a great step. They will sell a lot. It will work. And then what? No, uh, What they stand for? It, 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 sounds like, it sounds like you're expecting the advertising or creativity festivals to also be branding, marketing, um, brand developing uh, festivals. So you expect, mm. you know, only the meaningful, consistent and effective uh, real work to be uh, submitted there, but mm-hmm. it's just normal, I guess, that in this case mm-hmm. they just celebrate freshness and creativity. And if they don't have anything traditional that stands mm-hmm. out, that is yes. good enough, mm-hmm. they don't submit it. And then the jurors probably just select the best they can from what is submitted. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think well, but it, it really depends. I mean, when you see the case of Diesel, for example, you see that all the time they are doing something that goes with the brand and they are building, uh, you know, brand uh, with the, every action. Uh, but then you see uh, these one-offs everywhere. Yeah, we don't know what they are doing. We don't know if it's the jury that is not awarding traditional advertising because it's not trendy to award traditional advertising or is that the advertisers are not doing traditional advertising anymore because they don't think it's worth it because the festivals are not awarding <laughs> traditional advertising or maybe because they just don't find it exciting anymore. Uh, even though traditional advertising is still quite powerful in the in the in the minds of the consumers, I mean it's not dead at all. Uh, so it just maybe changed media. No, <laughs> you you still have videos everywhere. Uh, I'm afraid they're actually doing it. They just mm-hmm. have nothing to show. Could be. I mean that could be, but uh, but that's sad, no. Because in, in your experience, I mean, and you, mm-hmm. th- this could actually link us back to the Lithuanian uh, ADC festival from last year's. Mm-hmm. But I look at the categories, I look at the entrance, and I don't see uh, so many innovation, mm-hmm. integration, activations, and, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. I see more of traditional ads because well, that's what we've been doing. I don't know, at least uh, in my agency, we mm-hmm. were working on, on traditional media a lot. Mm-hmm. We were doing a lot of TV. Uh, yeah. I don't know what's your experience. Have you have you done also, many um, innovations and activations uh, during uh, the past few years? In my experience, most of the time the client asks for traditional advertising, and when you push the um, the innovations, uh, they take it as if we can, we will do it, and they rarely can. 
Same here. Same here. And uh, but I have a feeling. Well, not a feeling. I am almost sure that they are right. Uh, yes, if the market still consumes traditional advertising, then why not to do traditional advertising? And I feel I think it's unfair from a jury of of a festival to think no, they should be doing already and traditional. Why? I mean, my job is to is to to sell this in this market. So if the people are not untraditional, then let's keep it traditional. It's normal. No? Okay, so looking at the winners, I mean, mm-hmm. is there anything you could say? Okay, so this we could learn this. What is there anything we can learn from the winners of this festival? That's a very good question. Uh, I I think that for sure. I mean. And for sure, we have a lot to learn from here, though. No? It's just that we focus in the in the bad sides all the time, and we are talking. We are we are a couple of guys who didn't win anything here, so it's very funny that we 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 become so cocky <laughs> to criticize them, but they still are better than us. Of course, we have a lot to learn. Crafting first thing. I mean, the the crafting of the ads, no matter what, including case studies, of course which is a very interesting topic. That's where I was driving. <laughs> uh, the craftings are amazing. And uh, well, but I understand that also that depends on the market. No? Uh, the In Peru, for example, when I was working there, it was a small economy. It was a poor country. And when I left, hopefully not because of that, they became a very big <laughs> economy in Latin America. There's something happened and they just became big. And then is when they started doing very nice craft uh, crafted uh, ads. They started to do traditional ads, and they because people started to consume more in a lot of different places, and they needed different techniques to grab them, and they started to win cans a lot. Uh, so it really has to do with the economy of the country. So yeah, a production house is not going to spend a brutal amount of money if you don't have the brutal amount of money to spend or of budget from the client to spend it. And it doesn't make sense to spend a brutal amount of money crafting a, a commercial when you can talk only to your target that is what half a million people maybe. So it, the reach doesn't doesn't make it rational mm. to spend that budget. So yes, but at the same time, it's people who consume TV and traditional media that is, is more expensive to craft. But, th- but that, that's my question, actually, the consumers. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're ready to uh, take in the leveling up of the aesthetics? of The this, the, the craft will bring you a level up in, in the visual looks, in the feel. Uh, do you think people can appreciate that? Do they, uh, would they I, understand? Because it, sometimes it feels like uh, the, the ones who are producing the ads or the, mm-hmm. the creatives, they want to push for better and better crafting, which mm-hmm. costs more and more money. Mm-hmm. But then people wouldn't feel the difference. The jurors of the festival would. But mm-hmm. No, I think, I think that people feel the difference. Uh, for sure. I mean, if you have a better editor, for example, uh, the storytelling will be much better. If you have better actors or better... A better director, like on some yeah. kind of uh, subconscious level, where they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to verbalize it, mm-hmm. but they, it's it's like when you feel when somebody's uh, not in tune, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but you don't care because ah, that's good enough. You see, no, I mean, those details are very important. Uh, there, there's something I heard a, a long time ago in Peru that the quality of the ad, people perceive that the quality of the product matches the quality of the ad unconsciously. So the point is that if you do an ad that is very nicely crafted, you don't feel that it's an ad. We want people not to remember that this is an ad, even if it's in the commercial break and even if obviously it's an ad. We want them to tuck, go out of it and get into it and forget that this is an ad. And for that, you need amazing crafting. If, if the crafting is like an ad, people watch movies. They go to the cinema. They know, okay, this is a movie. It looks amazing. And then I go to my TV and say, okay, this doesn't look that amazing because it's not a movie. So let's make things with the quality of a movie. So they say, oh, this looks like a movie. Ooh. And they jump in, I mean, unconsciously. That already helps a lot, you see. So uh, I think that it is important. But yeah, it's the size of the market. The, the budgets are not allowing us to do that. Uh, 
it's not an excuse. It's, it's just a rational explanation. That's how it works. Okay, so that's crafting. Anything else we can learn from mm. the case videos? That actually stunned well, me. Like the the, the storytelling, the, the way <clears throat> they understand that the case video is an ad for their ad. And there's a target audience which is sitting, whatever, in this case, probably remotely somewhere, judging, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, it's... Oh, well, uh, remind me that I have one more thing that we learn from here, okay. apart from the case study. But yeah, the case study is something that, for me, is, is puzzling. I mean, why you are telling me, I mean, not you, but the, 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 mar the, the industry, okay. is telling me that being traditional and doing a traditional video is not worth anymore. You have to do these untraditional things because people get it easier or better or whatever. But then you actually do a video to explain it because if not, nobody will understand. <laughs> so you are still Ironic. using a video. And how do I know that the people understood it? If you have to explain professional experts in advertising through a video so that they get it, then how do you expect the normal consumer to get all your narrative that supposedly matches this, hopefully, with the concept of your brand, How are you, do you expect to get it? I mean, they experience a lot of things throughout one day. And now you want them not only to get it, but to remember it for long. You still can't beat a, a nice traditional TV spot in memorability. I mean, it's, you still can't. People think in stories. People, people are stories. Their lives are stories for themselves. So they understand life as a story and they don't get anything that is not a story. You need a narrative in everything. So unless you are very consistent and you do very frequently some actions like, like uh, Publicis Italy does with Diesel, that's so okay, I kind of, each time I'm forgetting it, they appear with something new and okay, it's all right. Still, I think that that works more for the hardcore followers of, of Diesel than for the normal newbies that come come in uh, but then maybe but okay the the third thing that you asked me to remind you of the importance of pr oh yes the main thing that i think we start we still don't understand and i'm not only talking about the pr for the client or from the client side or or for making the campaign work the pr for the agency uh It, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, most of the agencies here in Lithuania, they, uh, they have good ideas. They have uh, ideas with good level, but nothing. I mean, you know them here, and if you are lucky, they are selected by archive. <laughs> Maybe that's it. And then you see, you know, because we all have friends you know, in, in good agencies in New York or, or everywhere, and they do this. Very average campaigns, because not, not all the time they do genius campaigns. I mean, they do a very average campaign, and it appears in a age campaign in everywhere. Uh, why? And I was asking, because I, I called them, and I asked, look, I want my campaign to appear everywhere, so give me, uh, you have a PR team, so why don't you give me the contacts? Impossible. The PR team of the agency never gives their contacts to anyone. Okay, that's an advantage. That's a very, very big advantage. So then is when you see these campaigns that, that, that okay, I, do, I did something like that, but it didn't call the attention of anyone. These guys did something very similar later. I'm pretty sure they have no idea that I did it before. And they are everywhere. <laughs> and why? And then they win an award. Yeah, because everybody knows them already. It's pure, pure PR. So PR for the campaign. Apart from the other PR that also we have to really, really learn even more, the PR for the actual consumer. Uh, the, the tampon book, without the very strong PR, very, very strong PR, that they didn't even, they didn't even mention what they actually did in PR, will be just a book that nobody will have seen. I mean, it's, it's a, where it was, Germany? Yep. Germany is a huge market. It's a huge country with a lot of people. To call the attention, it's not enough to just make a, this clever book. 
You need a lot of PR, but a lot. So that's the question. How they do it? We don't know. Uh, PR in Lithuania, I, I mean, I know that they are, they are nice, good PR uh, agencies, but we are not in that level. You see, I mean, we can do something very clever that will call the attention of earned media, to, to, because that's the point, to get earned media. I rarely see something getting earned media here. Very, very, very few campaigns. And just a bit, you sure see? So I think that that's the main learning. I, I see everything has PR. Without PR, nothing of this will work. Okay, so it's a... Uh one of the many festivals um, that actually took place uh, in a unique year, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's that's the selection that you have. You've seen some of the pieces in Cannes yeah. a year before. That's mm -hmm. also natural. Um, okay, yeah, so we, it's easy to it's easy to criticize. That, let's though. switch to the jury. You know, if we criticize, okay. let's criticize not the work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we don't have to criticize the jury, but you know, so. You you get a lot of complaints. You know, people mm -hmm. uh, they submit their work. They think their work is genius, and they don't <laughs> win anything. Anything? Okay, so it's a bad jury or whatever. And it's I think it's the case on every level with every festival with yeah. every country. And is jury subjective? Uh, I think I think that uh, for sure it's subjective. Uh, you know, you know, is we are in a very weird um, industry. We are in the creative industry. So you have the tension between doing your job and making money and the remains of the artistic... Um, um, Calling. <laughs> yeah, the artistic call that the creatives have. And, and you have these people who are milking these creatives in any way they can so that they can get something they can use for serious business. No? Uh, so when you have creative directors, uh, the creative director is normally in the middle. Is is managing the creatives, but at the same time needs to answer to the business. Uh, but then it depends in which state they are, because a lot of creative directors are already in a in a position almost as general managers of the company, while others have a general manager apart, that so they can still be a bit more uh, artistic if you want so it depends some will say no this is beautiful because it's artistic and give the award to that some will go more for the business because now that doesn't work uh, we have to do more untraditional some will go for the awards because uh, we can say a lot of things about the awards but uh, the creatives I mean, that's the only thing that keeps the creatives working in the agencies. I mean, they, this was an industry, the award industry was created for that. And yeah, because it's needed. The creative need a tap in the back. And uh, for the nature of a creative, you know, that is never satisfied and always needs some reward and they create for reward. And the money is not the reward they want. <laughs> See? Because <laughs> they are kind of artistic. So. Uh, the awards are there. So yes, you have these kinds of creative directors together. Uh, there will be subjective. They will think that this is the most important thing to 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 create to um, to judge. No, uh, others will think that other criteria criteria are more important. Others will come from a more traditional country. Uh, so others will come from a much much better country. Others will be jealous that everyone. You see, and, and they will demand more than than what they demand to themselves in their own industries. Uh, so yes, they are subjective according to to the but context. Isn't that where the they whole, work. like like the whole beauty of it? Because otherwise, yeah. the robots, the algorithm could could do it, you know. And it would be you would have one festival, and you wouldn't mm -hmm. need so many different festivals. Yeah, if you, true. If you weren't subjective, uh, yeah, for sure. But I think then it depends uh, on the president of the jury. I think the president of the jury has to be a robot. Uh, has to go no, but has to go with the with the values of the festival because the festivals, yeah, different festivals award different things, but they should be consistent. And you can tell that this ad is maybe wins in Epica, for example, because of the kind of juries that they have, but it may not win in Clio, no. 
uh, because it's other kind of juries and Clio has a better style or London Awards, London International Awards. Is, you can tell, no? What wins in New York Festival? What wins in London? Uh, if you send it to all, most likely, unless it's really, really super good and with a lot of PR, by the way, most likely you will win some, you will lose some others. And it's very, very different. In one, you win a lot. In the other one, you win nothing. And then is when you, you find the creative director saying, why? Why you didn't award my ad if it won in this other, uh, <laughs> other festival? Well, because the that's jury That's not is the criteria. That's not, yeah, that's not the criteria. Even though for some juries will be, oh, this won in, 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 in a Clio, so maybe should won here. But that's silently. They don't say it. That's how you get shortlisted, <laughs> most likely. Probably because of the awareness, general awareness yes. that your piece has, right? And also creatives in general, uh, <laughs> a lot of people talk about creatives being egomaniacs, and yeah, it's true, but they are egomaniacs because they are insecure. Uh, that's the reason. So you have insecure people having to award commercials, so they will look for some you know, uh, confidence for some something that reassures them that they are right. So that's why the PR works and that's why winning in other awards also works. Oh, these others already said that this is good, so yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah I like it. <laughs> it's, it's very, very uh, complicated. Okay, as I mentioned before when presenting you, you are my right hand and my aide and the curator of this year's ADC Festival in Lithuania. That's why I'm, I'm bugging you with all of these questions about jurors. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you will be actually helping me with the jury and the festival regulations and so on and so forth. Do you have a vision? I, I know there's a lot of uncertainty mm -hmm. uh, so far about the festival, mm -hmm. but do you have a vision of uh, where would you want to direct the selection of a jury for this year? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, in general, I will like I will like juries who who have already a philosophy of advertising. No, uh, when you have juries that are not not in very high positions, uh, normally they are still not sure if this is good, this is bad, or they have a very weird way of seeing things, which is is okay. But uh, I will ideally prefer a, a a discussion between the juries that has to do with philosophy of advertising uh, more than just why this piece is good. I like it, the crafting, but look, uh, it worked. This other didn't work. Uh, so a, a more elevated um, a state of mind. No, uh, Remember you were telling me about this, uh, I don't remember his name, this Italian uh, guy who said... Uh, Franco Moretti. Yeah, that, that he said uh, there was an ad for... Uh, like a pro bono ad, like you know, a pro bono ad that everybody wanted to award, and then there was a an ad for a brand for a real proper client that was interesting, but it wasn't like the pro bono ad. And he said, "No, this we have to embrace it because this is difficult. So we should embrace this and reward the hard work of having a real client and doing something interesting with the client." More than a pro bono ad that most likely the client didn't even exist. And, and uh, yeah, it's a nice idea, but that's, that's not really. So it's a philosophy. It's actually a, a very nice story because this pro bono ad, I actually liked the, the ad. I was mm -hmm. kind of young back then, and, you know, just to do justice to late Franco Moretti. Mm -hmm. it, um, we were judging in Prague and there was this uh, ad, a non-traditional ad from the basketball school where they actually just put like an, an announcement with all of these little pieces of um, cut papers with telephone numbers mm -hmm. that you can just rip off. Yep. And they made the whole thing into a basketball net mm -hmm. and they hung it quite high. So you can only yeah. rip off the number if you're, you you can jump, jump high. Yep. Right? And I said, oh, that was clever, right? And then that other, the real client mm -hmm. was Wrigley's. Uh, chewing gum. They did something in the forest about mushrooms and something, uh, mm -hmm. a, a non-traditional activation. They were in the same category and the discussion was about that. Like, look, Franco said, like, look, this is prob the client probably doesn't even exist. The agency mm -hmm. probably just printed that out because it was a clever idea, hung it uh, around the corner from their agency, made pictures and submitted it here just to win the mm -hmm. award. And then this is a campaign, a big integrated campaign, because we've seen that entrant of Wrigley's in other categories and all. Mm -hmm. And they actually dared to do something like that. You know, you should celebrate mm -hmm. it. 
So it, it doesn't mean that it's much better as an idea, but then, mm -hmm. of course, when the wording work, you take that well, into consideration. Yeah, what we want to reward. Yeah. No, but that's, I mean, it can be this, the, I mean, there is a discussion there. I mean, maybe some people are, don't agree with that, but that's the point that he has a philosophy and he can explain why. And I would like somebody else who have a different philosophy and can explain also why. And that's a healthy jury, you see, instead of uh, a jury that just uh, happens to to want to award, for example, everything we where uh, women are empowered. No, which nothing against that, but it's not the only criteria. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, uh, we have a in the regulations we have a point where we say that the festival does not award conceptual work. Conceptual meaning uh, work that wasn't applied, mm -hmm. that wasn't commissioned. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, you can say, oh, this is very creative, a very creative mm -hmm. idea, but yep. it's still just a conceptual idea. It's not sold. It doesn't solve prob problems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Exactly. But that's that's my point. With with for me, that's that's my doubt when I see some some winners. Uh, and I don't know if it, it it was for real or not, or a small client. Well, most of them, yeah, they look real. But, you know, you have this doubt that, uh, okay, why there's no brand building, so maybe it's just one-off or something, you know. It, it, the doubt is there because it has been so so many doubts before, in, in especially in Cannes, you know? and, and you know that the, the, some, some winners are just unexistent. So yes, the doubt is always there, no? Because it's unfair. Okay, so um, what do you think about having no Lithuanians in the jury, for example? Uh, it's polemic, no? It it has pros and cons. No? I think the the pros is that well, people will be super objective. You know, people won't be fighting from their own ads. Even though I think that. I know in most of the creative directors here, I think that that has stopped a bit, but still it's not that they can't <laughs> in some way influence something. But anyways, I mean, it's, I think that it becomes more objective because the people who are there have nothing to do with uh, these ads and they are just judging from what they see. That will oblige the agencies to be very clear in their case studies and very clear in what they present. If there's a cultural thing, they have to state it, no? It is possible, but that the the only downside I think is that if there's something that uh, that was, for example, a obvious fake ad or a, or something very local that was very good, but the people will doubt. No, I don't. I, this looks fake, and there's no local to say no. But that was actually real. <laughs> you see these kind of things. You need some some locality there. Somebody who can tell. At least, if uh, if this was real, this is not, or if there's a cultural uh, information that they need to know, no? uh, is or how Lithuanians are, because you know tastes are different everywhere. So say, ah, this is an ugly thing, yeah, but they are that design comes from something very Lithuanian, and we all know it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The taste here is different, no. So I I think that uh, it's difficult to answer if it's good or not. I think it's good. But I'm not sure if we should be totally uh, without Lithuanians uh, in the jury. Yeah, I mean, neither. I have another reason why I want Lithuanians to mm -hmm. serve in the jury, um, because of education, because of the context, also, because of because yeah. of how you you see how other jurors work. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have more influence, and the president is always a foreigner who has mm -hmm. no connections with the work yeah. submitted. Mm -hmm. uh, but then that's how you grow. That's how you mm -hmm. see, that's how you face those yeah. philosophies that you've been awesome. talking about. Otherwise, yeah. you're not, you know, yeah, subjected we, to that, this, exposed to that. Uh, we know about this Italian guy because you were in the jury with an Italian, exactly. Italian guy. So. And I was this young, inexperienced person. Yeah. I knew that it was creatively fresh and interesting mm -hmm. and clever, but I didn't have the philosophy yeah. just yet. So Yeah, it's true. No, yeah, that, that also, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I I would like to add uh, that maybe we will touch this topic later, but it would be interesting to have uh, an after party with all the international jury and with the local creative directors without them trying to steal the jury to go to their private party. <laughs> True. Uh, that's something that uh, should change. It shocked me when I came to Lithuania. 
when I saw the, the National Awards Adrenalinas in those times, and they had an after party and with food and free drinks and everything, and everybody was just leaving and going to their own private party. Why don't you just stay there? You have a party there. In Peru, we party all together. <laughs> and even if we are very, very uh, competitive, we just party all together. That's the opportunity to see the guys of the other ages. They say, hey, how are you? And with their awards and everything, it's, it's a, it was a very weird feeling. Uh, like, you have a party here paid for you. Why are you going to another one? Weird. Yeah, that's actually a point uh, I wanted to touch upon a bit later, but mm -hmm. let's let's switch to that okay. now. I It stuck with me how years ago uh, we were looking at what Conline's winners, mm -hmm. and whenever an agency from Peru would uh, get shortlisted or, or win something, other agencies would, uh, you know, mm -hmm. just come out and applaud and, you know, praise... Um, mm -hmm. publicly praise their competition mm -hmm. and you said that, that it's it's very similar to what you just said about yeah. the parties you said that everyone's celebrating together yeah and and it's feel it's like it's even more fun that way yeah um, and I guess the whole point and then the mission and vision of the ADC um, as an organization is you know just connect mm -hmm. people from the industry yeah uh, let them share their knowledge mm -hmm. uh, and celebrate creativity push the push the bar mm -hmm. higher in, in, in a way. Yeah. Do you think it's at any time possible in Lithuania? Because we're doing, we're trying to do yeah. that, I guess, with mm -hmm. the Atomic Garden, yeah. where you, you have this hub and you're connecting people. Now mm -hmm. we have the ADC that is trying to do the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, do you think there is a time when we can actually be happy about our competitor winning? I, to be honest, I think we are very close to that. Uh, I mean, maybe you don't notice because you are very in, no? But uh, I, I noticed uh, the school was a good thing. Uh, when before we had, you know, creative directors who were not talking to each other. No? And now suddenly we have to work together to teach these people. And we have to coordinate and we have to, to talk and uh, to agree upon ads. No? So I approve an ad and they have to be okay with it. <laughs> no, uh, And uh, they can tell me their, their problems. But... Uh, so I think we are closer, and, and you know why? It's, it's another reason. Uh, when I arrived to Lithuania, most of the creative directors, if not all, were also partners in the agency. And that is that makes them be very, very much for the agency. And when you, uh, now for example, you have uh, creative directors that are not partners of the agency, and they have been in other agencies before, so they already have friends in our agencies, uh, and that's a different thing. So now they lead creatively an agency, and they don't need to leave the party <laughs> to, because they have their friends there also. No, uh, I think that is changing. Also, the students, we have more creatives now in the, in the market because we have more uh, people trained by the school. Uh, and uh, they are jumping from agency to agency. They start here, go there. They have, most of them have at least three agencies already in their pockets. So uh, they know people from different agencies and some of them even become creative directors and uh, they are perfectly okay with everybody in every agency because they have been around. So I think that is changing already. So it's nice to hear that you're quite optimistic about our industry becoming mm. more mature. Because uh, initially the idea of this podcast was to invite different people from the industry and review mm -hmm. recent ads, Lithuanian mm -hmm. ones, for example. Yeah. Um, just like we did with ADC Europe. Of course, that's a big festival, a lot of winners. You know, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have that with the local ads. But I was, you know, puzzled like, okay, how do I approach this? Not to, uh, you know, criticize too much, but then to also criticize enough so we can mm -hmm. learn. Um, not to hurt anyone's feelings and so on and so forth. Um, do you think, is it is it even possible doing this with a spirit of uh, collaboration? Do you have any tips for me? How would I, how should I, mean, I approach this, you know? <laughs> I mean, it depends. I mean, if you want to, you want to talk about local campaigns. Yep. <laughs> oh, I honestly, look, a bad campaign we, we all have done bad campaigns. Sure. It happens. And I've the done context, many of Yes, them. <laughs> uh, the context, the situation, something happens that, you know, unlucky or whatever. So to criticize a bad campaign is a little bit lame. I think that it would be better just to applaud the good ones. There can be some, of course, something that could, could be better. 
But then you can actually talk about this this was a good effort, it was something good and be constructive. But to go down uh, to just destroy any bad campaign, then then you will have nobody sitting here. <laughs> yeah, I mean we were reviewing the winners of the yeah, European yeah, yeah. festival and we were still criticizing them. Yeah. So being being losers. I mean <laughs> we haven't lost nothing there. So uh, it's very easy to criticize, of course. But also depends on the on the person that you invite and depends of, of uh, the criteria <laughs> at the very beginning. I was I, I had this stupid idea of uh, actually telling people, look, you can say something bad or negative about the mm-hmm. piece of work, yep. but to have a right to do that, first you have to say two positive things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like what? Yeah, can, but, why mean, is it good? What can we learn? But, but, like, but to be honest, I mean, when I ask, I ask my first creative director, uh, Juan Carlos uh, Gomez de la Torre, and, and uh, I ask him, you no, know, uh, which kind of ad is this one? Because there was, uh, we were connecting all the cables to the TV, and meanwhile, it was a national TV there, and one ad was there, and I meant because it was a appetite appeal, you know, that you see these images, but I meant that. I mean, how do you call this when you see the product? But my question was, uh, which kind of ad is this one? And he looked and said, bad one. There are only two kinds of ads, he told me. Good ones and bad ones. Just try not to do the bad ones. And that's it. So to try to be condescended with a bad ad, I mean, we're creatives. We are creative directors. We don't. We are not condescended with bad ads because we know they could have been done better. My point is... We don't know what happened behind the court and we don't know maybe it was a client, maybe it was a production house, maybe it was some miscoordination. I mean, we, we already have done a lot of that. So I wouldn't get into that territory. I will get into good ads if they don't like them. Okay, do you don't like them? Why? Okay, good. But they has good things, for example, this and that. That's it. But it's tricky. It is very tricky. Uh, at, at some point, I thought about uh, making a magazine and a blog you know, uh, of of local or regional advertising. And then I thought, for that, I have to leave advertising <laughs> <laughs> and just do that. You know? Because if not, I'm partialized and I'm another agency and people see me as an enemy. You know? have to be neutral. It's tricky. It's tricky. So I will say... Just applaud the ones that everybody will applaud and comment that. And if they want to share something that they have done, maybe. But it is it, that's already a very delicate topic. You see. Okay. So good luck to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very very much for sharing no your problem. views and ideas with us. Thanks a lot to Drop Audio for sharing oh, the for studio sure. with us and for all the work that they will have to do because they signed up for this, <laughs> you know, to cut out and edit all of the stammering and the stuttering. So <laughs> these, these 85 hours will have to become like 45 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, but without them, we wouldn't be uh, yeah. on air or, you know, it's just, we wouldn't be here. So We like them. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't pay us for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's for sure. <laughs> Good. Okay, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, DC.